Okay, for a second, I thought you were going to say you're going to be like with Florida fans or something. And I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like a mom? <laughs> Welcome to My Got A Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview the 2022 edition of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at My Got A Podcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. It's it's about that time, Jim. <laughs> it's it's FTMF. It's FTMF season. That's right. <laughs> my watch FTM- my watch says it's FTMF week. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hey, we well, you know with uh, with it being FTMF week, I had to bring the Sorry Carter T shirt as well. Ooh, I so. love it. I like it. I like it. I uh, I have my my church attire on, so FTMF does not jive very well at the at that's the okay. Church. That's okay. It's funny. I was thinking earlier today that like, even though we did two episodes last week, it still feels like we haven't talked in a long time. I know, <laughs> I know. right? I guess it's just from doing it later in the week than usual. Um, sure. We didn't do the review. We, haven't did, we, we didn't do a there review. There was no review. On our, yeah. There was nothing to review. That's fair. So I guess that's part of it. Um, but yeah, coming out, coming out a little later, uh, you had the anniversary. Happy. So happy belated. I know I told you the other day, but happy anniversary. Thank you, sir. Monday. Thank you. So uh, we're headed to we're headed to a concert to actually celebrate, but we were doing okay. stuff on that anniversary. We're, we're going to the Amos Lee concert at the ASO uh, tomorrow. Cool, excellent. Um, if and then let me know. <laughs> nice, yes, right, seriously. Um, and then I know on Tuesdays you've got soccer. I also had something I had to go to. Ella had a a, a theater thing through school, so that 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 wouldn't work either. So go in with the Wednesday night recording. So yep. Yep. Well, you you had the theater. I had an anniversary. We all, we 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 have family obligations. So yes, we're making it work. Making it work. I, I noticed I noticed that pretty much everybody had um, podcasts come out today. I think I hadn't had a chance to listen to everybody, but uh, there's yeah. there's a number of podcasts that came out. So we're just we're just going to give you something else to listen to the next day. That's right. That's right. I actually got a chance to watch. I, I didn't finish it yet, but um, your recording later I actually had a chance to watch some of a. Uh, Graham and Josh, uh, with their film breakdown. So I, I watched a little bit of that today, actually. I you just don't that have that as input into our recording. <laughs> yeah. I started, I started listening to you guys, but wasn't able to circle back to, uh, to actually watch. That's one of the, that's one of those uh, gotcha. you have to watch. Yeah. I like to watch it too. Yeah. I, I'm a visual, I'm a visual person. Well, all right. Let me, let, let me get to my, my bourbon. Let's do it. So what you got, what do you got this morning or the afternoon evening? <laughs> All right. So since you gave me since you gave me some grief last time, I just opened, I just opened my my McKenna ten year bottled and bond. So this is first time, never had it before. Excellent, excellent. So we will we will see. I I am dipping into the the full tilt elite. Ah, excellent. Very good. Very my, good. My infinity bottle. I'm, I'm, I poured a little bit from my infinity bottle because I had a a few a few. I don't, maybe, maybe if you're a bottle person, if you have multiple bottles, you maybe get to a point where you're like, yeah, I don't really like that one quite as much. Maybe mm. it'll be good mixed with this other one. <laughs> and so right. I have a little bit of that going on here. Um, and it is, it's really good. I enjoy it. 
Nice. Excellent. Yeah. It's mostly, I, it's mostly um, peated whiskeys. I have a couple of peated whiskeys and uh, scotch, that scotch, a little bit of scotch cask um, that threw in there as well. Um, some Weller. Some, what else is in there? Some Four Roses, single barrel. Let's see what else. Is. Some other ones in here. I think a, a little bit of Eagle Rare, a little bit of Weller. Mm, all good stuff. Little, I got a little bit of good stuff in here mixed in with some stuff that I felt like needed a little bit of help. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Nice. Yeah. I should probably do that. Um, I, I, you know, I had waited like forever to start actually drinking off of my, or from my infinity bottle and I, I have started doing it now. I do. I do enjoy it. It's good. Yeah. I think it's, um, before you get too far along in the, in the infinity bottle, I think it, it helps to just, you know, it's kind of like cooking, right? You, you take a little sample before you get to the end and right. make sure that, make sure that everything's going the way you want it to go. And, if it's not, you make adjustments. So. Yep. Yep. Fair. Listen. Listen. This is elite. This is an elite for uh, you know for a re- this is elite for a reason, right? Like, <laughs> I've got to I've got to make sure that this thing is. I got to pay attention to the details. Live up to the live up to the name. True. True. Man. So <laughs> uh, I do like this uh, mechanic tenure. It's good. Yeah, I do. It's, it a, it's yeah, a it's solid. Good. It's a solid drink. I think I saw someone post about it. Um, it, they ha- they held up like a, a comparable, which I don't know that it's necessarily fair, but McKenna 10-year versus Eagle Rare, like which mm-hmm. one would you like? Because they're both 10-year bourbons. I think the proof on the Eagle Rare is lower, if I remember correctly. But, I think so. Yeah. But there, that I think was it's a like, comparison. Yeah. Yeah. This ha- this is a little, this has a little bit more bite to it, I would say, than Eagle Rare. But For sure. Um, yeah. Hey, look, I can actually like talk about these things now. Can you look at how far I've come, John? Look at, I can look make, at us. Look at us. <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? It's like that Paul, that Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, who like never ages, by the way. But he doesn't. Uh, he looks the same and clueless as he does now. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh uh, man. Um, let's see. So uh, you know, cocktail party. Uh, you know, I, I I actually considered making a cocktail for tonight instead of just drinking bourbon, but then like. That was going to be too involved for recording. <laughs> you, you you do have a cocktail, Jim. It's a cocktail of hops, barley, wheat. That's like, true. Water. This is true. You have, this is a, true. You, have a, you have a wonderful American cocktail. Right. But I Cheers. thought about making like, you know, one of the, like the, uh, whatever, whatever it was that John uh, got me, it kind of started my, my uh, introduction to bourbon. I think like the revolving door or something like that. I thought about making well, one of those I, old, old did, fashioned. You know, yeah. He did but, revolving door old fashioned. I know John, another one of John's, uh, favorites is a bombardier or something like that yeah but anyway, yeah you're right so you're right this is cocktail enough for the cocktail party right yeah i've gotten <laughs> i've 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 crossed over to that point where it's like ah, yeah i'm just gonna have bourbon i don't want a cocktail <laughs> just just give it to me straight up chief <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's what i enjoy the most anyways all right well let's um you want to jump into the the matchup game notes here as we I suppose. I suppose there's a there's a, apparently a party going on this weekend. So sounds like it. We should talk about it. Three thirty, uh, CBS game of the week, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Florida comes into this game at four and three on the season, uh, one and three in the SEC. Um, being on the CBS game of the week, we do have uh, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, Janny Dell on the call. So apologies to those who don't like Gary, but I think uh, we're kind of like Gary apologists, right? Like 
we don't so much we don't mind Gary so much. He's not he's not so bad. Yeah, I, I, I think he gets a bad rap. I think that it's going to be one of those things that uh, we'll look back on and be like, man, I kind of miss Gary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, uh, Gary Danielson. You know, he's we'll we'll, we'll miss him because twenty twenty three he'll be he'll be gone. So second to last one, everybody enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Assuming we get the annual uh, CBS three thirty kickoff again next year, um, only, only only two more left with him. So, although I will say, maybe there could be an outside shot that maybe he signs, maybe he leaves CBS and signs a contract with ESPN. Right. I don't know. Right. Sure. Could happen. Could happen. I I personally think that Brad Nestler has been great. He's growing on me. At first, I was like, eh, mm. I don't know about him. Yeah, He's I love him. Me. Yeah, no, I like I like Nestler. He's good. I liked him when he was at ESPN before. Um, Let's see. The official hashtag that we won't use is hashtag UF versus UGA. And can we talk about this for a second? Can we can we hit pause on that? Like, yeah, there's been so much. There's been so much back and forth. I mean, Stetson Bennett was quoted, and uh, when mm. a, a, a reporter asked him, "Is it the you know tell us talk to us about the Florida Georgia game or whatever?" And Stetson yeah. was like, "You mean the Georgia Florida game? Right. How is it that the official hashtag is Florida Georgia, and how has UGA allowed that to happen?" So I. Th- think uh okay so i could be wrong but these Alpha, official alphabetical ha- no these <laughs> these hashtags tend to go with like uh it's based off of like home and away versus like who's first versus second and mm. so my guess is like we're probably we might be the designated you know what something i actually don't even know like are we like the designated away team this week for example uh that could be it while we are second um which I'm not actually sure. I know uh, CBCR2 has Florida listed as the home team, but I don't know if they are just if they're um, going alph- alphabetical for neutral there. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I tell you what, I can look on. I'm curious now that you've said that. Now I've got to know. I'm curious <laughs> what the ESPN app says because the ESPN app, when you pull it up, um, the the top, the bottom team. Um, is usually the home team. Mm. So I'm curious what uh, ESPN says. It does say versus Florida on the website of ESPN instead so of we're Florida. the bottom team. We're the bottom team on this, which typically means that we are the home team. Yeah, yeah. That's ESPN, what I'm seeing online. On the, on the ESPN app, it appears that we are the home team. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd have to go back to, we would have to go back to previous official hashtag weeks and analyze. Shenanigans. <laughs> I'm saying this is, this is, this is, this is not helping the people that, you know, are fervent, you know, Georgia, Florida people. Like these, this is, this is, this is a travesty from the okay, university fair, to allow fair. this. We will, we will complain <laughs> about the official hashtag. Come on, Claude. Uh, uh, I, I will say that, like, you know, we don't set it. It is set because everyone is supposed to use the same hashtag, uh, fans of both schools. I will say that. It, it's, I do know that. Um, but I digress. I digress. Uh, <laughs> We've gone off the rails. Off the rails. That's okay. it's, it's a cocktail party. You know, you knew we were going to go off the rails for the cocktail party. You do. You um, knew it. The, the weather, uh, high of 75, um, looks like there is some rain in the forecast. So just uh, note that it uh, looks like showers in the morning, chance of rain in the afternoon. So just beware. Maybe bring a poncho. Um, Josh, we're talking to you. And uh, you don't want to be caught in that stadium unprepared if it is raining, because I have done that before. And that is no fun. Um, if we look at the all-time series record for this game, uh, Georgia leads the all-time series we say we lead it 54, 44, and 2. Florida says that we lead it 53, 44, and 2, which is where I like to say that is it really a rivalry 
if the schools don't disagree on the all-time record. So this is definitely a rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um, depending, depending, depending on when you were born, depending on when you were born, uh, yeah. you may think that this is the only rivalry, or yeah. you know that it's not a it's not a major rivalry. You know, depending on when you were born. Yep, when when you were born, where you grew up. Uh, these are all the these are things that uh, tend to get in play. I know, like, like the South Georgia people, for example, tend to think of Florida as you know the number one rival. You could be like you could live in West Georgia, maybe it's Auburn for you. That all that kind of stuff. It can be regional as well. Yeah, seriously, I would maybe we should put a poll out there from the podcast account, like who is Georgia's main rival, and just see yeah. what people say. True. Yeah, we should do that. We'll do that. Um, you got any fun facts? Uh, you know what? I, I I did not I did not go to the effort okay. of of looking up the fun facts. Do you do you have me? I've I've got some. I've got some. So, um, the I don't not not I have one thing on Florida. Not so much. This, this is more about just uh, the game and, and some some things like kind of for this year. Uh, well, one thing for this year, and then just in general. So one thing. Um, I don't. I I don't. I kind of don't want to get into this too much we've had so much back and forth this week on Twitter about like, should the game stay in Jacksonville? So, but I am going to call back to something that I said, I think last week um, I mentioned that Mike Griffith was on 960 with Logan last week and went into this diatribe about the game. And one of the things that he said was um, that this game wasn't always played in Jacksonville, that it had to move there at some point. And that's actually not true. So the first time this game was ever played was in 1915 and that game was played in Jacksonville. So this was played in Jacksonville from the onset. Uh, Georgia won that game 37 to nine. Um, it did move around a bit. I think the next game was played in Athens. Um, it's played in campuses. But since 1933, it's been played in Jacksonville every year, with the exception of 94 and 95, uh, when the stadium down there was being renovated to, uh, to be able to house the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were named an expansion team. So it has pretty much always been there, So for what it's worth. Um, so that's my first fun fact. And then my other one is uh, something for, for this year. So, you know, Florida is uh, under, new, under new management uh, with their first year head coach, Billy Napier. <laughs> under, under new management. <laughs> with uh, first, first year head coach, Billy Napier, who came from Louisiana Lafayette, which you may or may not recall, is where Stetson Bennett had originally committed to play in 2018 before uh, Georgia offered him a scholarship when he was coming back from junior college. So had we not offered uh, Stetson Bennett a scholarship, uh, he would have ended at, uh, ended up at Louisiana Lafayette, play, Lafayette playing, yeah. playing for one Billy Napier because he was the head coach there back then. So that's why I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I don't think I knew that Billy Napier, but I did, I did know that he had, he had other, uh, other options before we swooped in. Yeah. Yeah. His plan, like, like the day of signing day, like his plan was to sign with, with Lafayette, um, but we came through with that last minute offer. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just end it there. We can save stuff for maybe next year. <laughs> um, let's hit the news. Drinking, are you going to be drinking Gatorade this week? No, we we're all? Georgia fans. We only drink Powerade. <laughs> we only drink Powerade. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Carter, Carter, if you're listening, there's no more Gatorade allowed this week. Nice. Sorry. Nice. He I likes like the, he likes the Gatorades. You know, I like the blue Powerade. Uh, I'm a fan of that. Um, I'm also a fan of the blue Powerade. You want to drink the red Powerade, I guess, for Georgia. But, you know, I do That's like the true. blue Powerade. But, yeah. But the, the, uh, yeah. 
No, all, <laughs> they, they, they all dye your mouth, whatever right. color it is. Fair. <laughs> Red, red's usually less offensive. Fair. <laughs> Uh, let's see news and notes sticking with this whole cocktail party thing. I don't know. I, I have the statement here. I don't know if I have to read the whole thing, but it was interesting that the schools released a joint statement about the game remaining or not remaining in Jacksonville. So they basically, I'll paraphrase basically like they were getting asked about it. Are we going to renew? And they basically said like, we'll begin the conversations regarding the future games when the last contracted game nears. So I think, that's actually next year, from what I recall, is the last contracted game. Then there's an option to extend it to 24 and 25. What what I I did think was interesting was they said that when the discussions take place, we will consider a multitude of factors, including tradition, finances, future SEC scheduling models with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, and what is best for both schools' football programs overall. So I think that makes sense, um, but we'll we'll see where all of that leads uh i did kind of look around a little bit it uh does seem to be unprecedented that the schools released a joint statement that usually doesn't happen so i don't know what to read into that uh but we'll see i think i saw somebody comment on that uh on one of those news articles that said translation city of jacksonville prepare to write a massive check yes in order, yes, in order to keep this game here yeah <laughs> I would agree with that. It's it's like we talk about with many things. With all of these things, it's going to come down to money. <laughs> yeah, for so, real. All right, let's see. A few uh, notes from Kirby's press conference. Uh, so Dan Jackson is out. Uh, as we know, he needs foot surgery. Uh, Graham dropped that news on us you know, earlier this week. That's out now. Kirby talked about it in Wednesday's press conference. So uh, best wish- wishes to Dirty Dan. Uh, hope you heal up quickly. Um it does sound like Smile Munden uh, sounds like he's going to be back. Uh, looks sounds like he is ready to go, so that's good news. Uh, in Monday's press conference, both Jalen Carter and Ad Mitchell got the hopeful to get him back uh, kiss of death. Uh, but Kirby kind of came clean on Wednesday and basically said he does not expect either of them to play. Um, and then uh, Kendall Milton sounds like he might actually return. Uh, per according to Kirby, uh, he didn't say hopeful or anything like that, so he could come back. We'll see. Um, I kind of doubt it, but it sounds like there's a possibility. I, bel- I believe that he mentioned that he was, that they were looking for him to be a go, a go today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. To watch. I mean, I, hear, well, I guess we'll get to that in a, in a second, but Fair. good for him. Good yeah. for him. If he's, if he's battled back, he did not get the hopeful kiss of death. So exactly. He's got, he's got that going for him, which is nice. Exactly. Um, so before we get into the analysis, I did want to give a, a, a shout out. It wasn't a listener question, but it, it was a request from Rambo. So Rambo, here you go. Screw Florida and the Beulah came in here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one, one of my favorite gifts. Uh, so, and now we can analyze the game. <laughs> and with that, we'll begin. <laughs> um, I guess kind of like usual, right? Let's, let's start with... Uh, what we're looking for on offense. So when, when Georgia has the ball, um, two things I, I wanted to call out uh, quickly or two players on the Florida defense. Uh, they do have a couple, they do have a couple of former Georgia players that have transferred to Florida, which is kind of weird. So you've got Brenton Cox at defensive end, and they've also got Jalen Kimber at corner. Um, you know, we all remember uh, Brenton Cox uh, attempting to chase down Setson Bennett last year, uh, unsuccessfully. 
unsuccessfully just like burned into into my brain um you know he he hit him with the stutter stub oh my gosh i actually went back and watched that Uh, that that play came up on my twitter timeline today and i watched that today it was uh i mean it was like a 15 20 yard run by stetson after he got around them it was pretty impressive yeah stetson uh under undervalued runner yeah yeah seriously um so yeah so cox and they got jalen kimber who uh, did actually have a pick six earlier this year in their game against um, USF, uh, which was interesting. I actually, actually tonight uh, in preparation, I watched the, uh, you know, like the SEC inside show where they'll, they'll go like behind the scenes uh, mm-hmm. of a game. I watched the Florida episode of that tonight. Uh, and it was, they did Florida USF was the one, which was, Interesting. I thought that was an interesting choice of the game to do for Florida. Um, but yeah, he was playing with like a broken hand. He had a cast on, so he had to like make a somewhat he one-handed. Club. Inter- yeah, so he had to make kind of one-handed-ish interception and uh, ran it back. So yeah, oh, you know, good for him. That's crazy that uh, so Kimber so Kimber did a one-handed catch for an INT, and yet he is pretty far down the list of you know he's he's not exactly standing out in their defensive. Mm-hmm statistics no no he's not and like from what i so you know i mentioned earlier <laughs> that i had started watching um the dog central live you know with, with graham and josh and like I, I didn't watch the defensive part uh the florida defense i did just i went back and kind of rewatched some of the florida lsu game um and i don't know i guess what i was noticing was just like a lot of poor tackling uh is what that's what jumped out to me from the florida defense um, so I'd love for that to continue against us. So to put it in, to put it into perspective, just how far down Kimber is in the statistical <laughs> category. Yeah. Jalen Kimber has four tackles on the season from what I can mm. see on, on ESPN. Okay. Yeah. Anthony, yeah, Richardson, Anthony Richardson has three. <laughs> 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 the quarterback <laughs> is just behind him. I mean, and he may get an opportunity to to beat out Kimber for the tackles. Right, seriously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why why are you so high on that tackle list there, Anthony? Well, exactly. <laughs> um, I can't imagine. I can't imagine why he's so high. Yeah. So I don't know. So what all else? You know, I don't know. That's all I got on the Florida defense specifically. But what is there anything you're looking to see? You know, I mean, coming off a of bye week, right? Like out of this Georgia offense. So here's what I expect. Um, uh, so statistically, Florida is the better team from a uh, statistically Florida is a better team on defense defending the run. Um, so it will be interesting, and I will be looking for us to make a statement uh, in this game from an offensive standpoint by grinding them into dust. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen the emergence of Branson Robinson. We have seen the emergence of Dejan Edwards. Uh, I, you know, I, I alluded to this earlier, but Milton coming back, I'm hoping doesn't take away from mm. Dejan Edwards and Branson Robinson's progress because I feel like we have become a completely different team without Kendall Milton. Um, mm. I, yeah, you know, I, I, there's just no, I, I hate it. I hate to say that, but like, it's hard not to notice that they have been gaining yards after contact at a higher clip with more prowess 
than what we've been operating with. Even, you know, Kenny McIntosh, I would, I would even put into that, into that vein as well. Kenny represents a much different threat out of the backfield, but um, so I expect that he's still going to get his touches just like he has, you know, this entire time. Um, I just hope that we're not taking away from the two backs that have emerged because I kind of feel like we need to keep feeding the hot hand. So I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting to see like what the, what the snap counts look like and what the, um, you know, the rushing attempts look like um, Mm -hmm. with Kendall coming back. So I just, I really want to see us like present a problem for Florida with a running game, because that's only going to help us exacerbate and expose the passing game, which I had mentioned, I think in a a recent podcast, um, I think maybe the last one, but um, you know, I think that Stetson could have one of those, you know, Oregon style games where he could open things up. He could open up a can on, on this defense. If, if we get into a position where we're controlling the run, Um, if we get into a place where we cannot run the ball, it could be, it could be a problem for us. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You you just bring up Oregon because something that was in my head was with the Kendall Milton thing. I went, I was watching some of the Oregon highlights recently and he looks like a different guy, like on his touchdowns that he scored. I still feel like he had been playing injured or something. Cause like I keep saying like Kendall Milton just didn't look like he wasn't doing things that we had seen him do before. So who knows? Maybe this rest, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But here's the interesting too. Interesting thing as well. Who is Georgia's leading rusher in rushing yards this season? Wasn't it Kendall Milton? Dejon Edwards. Oh, he he's, now- he's taken it. Wasn't he? I feel like it was. I feel like it was uh, Kendall Milton before a certain point. I mean, it could have been, but Dejon's got like okay. fifty yards on him now. Um, so yeah, Dejon Edwards is now Georgia's leading rusher. He's had got the most rush attempts and the most rushing yards. Listen, uh, I, uh, listen, I have and been touchdowns the- and rushing touchdowns. I have been beating the Dejon Edwards drum since last season when yep. I saw him in mop yep. up duty. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have. I, I said you this have. kid. This kid needs to get more opportunities because he's an absolute. Yeah. I mean, I refer to everybody likes to call him Nick Chubb. I'm like, he's not Nick Chubb. He is the cannonball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I love the kid. We love him. We love him. Um, the unofficial official running back of my kind of podcast. <laughs> there we go. There you go. I like it. Yeah, I mean, dude, Florida gives up. Uh, they're giving up a lot of yards. Uh, so they they average. They're giving up four hundred and twenty nine point three yards uh, a game on defense. So it's a lot, and they're allowing thirty one points, thirty one point four points a game. So um, I suspect we should be able to do good things against them. I Vegas Vegas apparently thinks that we should be doing. Isn't the largest the largest point spread in the history of this this rivalry? It may be. I mean, I don't remember it being like this. It's it's crazy. I saw. I think I saw a a a graphic. Maybe it was ESPN or something like that, or one of their shows. And I saw that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is the largest point spread in the history of this game. I mean, what is it? It's what is it now? I haven't looked at the yeah, like twenty two and a half. I think. 22 and a half. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> please dear, dear listener. When was the last time you had a point spread like this? It's coming crazy. Into the Florida game. <laughs> it's crazy. And actually, you know what? Something I, I, I kind of meant to mention earlier, but I'll just mention it now. Uh, when we, when we did our, um, 
show over the summer when we had when we had John John Smith on. Uh, we had a question from UGA Hoops Mafia about like what uh, what were what was the biggest potential trap game for the season, right? Because it was one of our off season episodes. And I think mm-hmm. you had, you had said South Carolina, just because that. But that was like you admitted <laughs> that was fully from your hatred of South Carolina, <laughs> like out of year when that John said Mississippi State, right? Um, and then I, I said Florida, like I was like, I was kind of half joking. So like full disclosure, I, I was trying to make a joke, but I was like, are we at the point now where Florida could be a trap game, you know, heading into the Tennessee game the following week, uh, kind of a look ahead type situation. So, um, you know, whatever. Anyways, it could be. I mean, so here's the thing, like you, you think about like what, what, what would, well, I mean, we can get into this when we get into the actual, the actual score predictions, but we could spend I'll end up spending 10 minutes on this. So let's just move on. How about, will you, why don't you spend one minute on it? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying like, if, if you look at this from a, well, I can, I can, I can break it down by offense, defense, right? So we're talking okay. about Georgia's offense and Florida's defense, right? Mm-hmm. That's a general talking we're allegedly yeah. on, even though we've gone completely <laughs> off the rails. This is the cocktail party. It is a cocktail party. <laughs> it is the cocktail party. I'm only two bourbons deep at this point, so it could get worse. Uh, so, good. So, good. Um, so you've got uh, so on the, from a defensive standpoint, what you would, what they would have to do is, I mean, how many turnovers do you think that Florida would need to get in order to even come within <laughs> striking distance of beating us? So yeah. you have to have like an yeah. epic meltdown from Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the likes of which we haven't seen since maybe like the Florida game that we lost a couple of years ago or SEC championship game, you know, we've got interceptions and yeah. you know, maybe you have a Missouri situation where, you know, our reliable receivers drop the ball, um, things like mm-hmm. that. Like, right. There's, right. there's so many things that would have to go wrong from a UGA offensive perspective for them to even get within striking distance for their offense, which we haven't gotten to yet. And I'll get to that point in just a minute. So like from yeah. a, from UGA offensive perspective, what do they have to do in order to put this game out of reach? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the age old, you know, control the ball, control turnovers, all that stuff. Like if we don't turn the ball over, we run this game running away, period. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, like mm-hmm. if, you know, a lot of people have been, I've heard it brought up so many times this week, right. That like the whole, the flurry at the end of the first half, right. That was spurned by the defense uh, with the pick six and you know, all the turnovers that Florida had, but people just pointing out, right. That like that our offense hadn't really done much until that point. Right. And then we had like the 21 point explosion in like a minute of game time um, at the end of the first half last year, you know, different staff for Florida. So it doesn't really mean a whole totally lot. Different. Yeah, no, I mean, so there's that. But then the other thing is too, like, you know, our offense wasn't having a good, what's that? Also completely different quarterbacks, right? Well, no, well, when we're talking about for Florida, no, because AR 15 did start that game, but, but I think Stetson is different now than, than he was last year. Um, right. Talking about our, our offense and like he had, he had a slow start in that game. So, um, very different. So yeah, I, I don't think that's really much of a comparison and thing to so much worry about. I, I do feel like, you know, like, I mean, like our offense has looked pretty dang good of late. Um, you know, have the bye week to get some rest. Um, you know, don't expect to have AD back, but you know, lad, I think we could see that his toe was bothering him. Um, hopefully that, you know, off week did him, did him some good, um, and look for him to, I mean, you know, the, the kids, you know, he's, he's had some drop struggles, but he, he just didn't look like, uh, like he was running right. So hopefully with that, he'll, you know, he'll toe, um, 
uh, I'm, I'm looking for for bounce back from Vlad as well. So I believe Graham, I believe Graham had some updates about Vlad specifically in some one of his recent updates. So if you're you know head on over to the Dog Central to to take a look at some of the the latest on the injury reports. For sure, for sure. Um, and then obviously we should you know like. We still haven't seen a lot of Kiaris. You know, we, we never doubt Kiaris. You know, could we see some him here? I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. He just, he's, uh, he's been kind of a role player, I guess I would say. We need, to, we need to, we need to ask, we need to ask some of our insider sources. Um, what's going on? What's there? going, what's going on there? Um, yeah, I do. That, that has definitely been something that's been top of mind. I just jokingly referred to as, you know, Dejan Edwards is the officially unofficial running back. We, <laughs> right. not, we have not forgotten about, but I feel like that. I don't know. I just feel like that there's, it's a targeting issue, like a, a targets issue, not targeting, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know what you meant. I feel like that whenever he does get throws, yeah, that he's he's producing. But I feel like that maybe there's just too many weapons on the field mm-hmm. that are just so glaringly obvious. Like you've got Darnell Washington, you've got Brock Bowers, right? Um, right. Like when those guys are on the field, they present substantial mismatches when they are running down the field free, hurtling over people. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. And Lad, you know, Lad is Lad is one of Stetson's favorite favorite targets. Like he's been he has been yeah. one of Stetson's favorite targets since the beginning, and I think that's part of the reason why Jermaine Burton left. And so, yeah, I know Kiaris wasn't exactly a hundred percent last year. At least that's my theory. Mm-hmm. Um, he agree. should be better. I think he's looked good. Um, I just I think that he just needs to get targeted more. And maybe there's just not that mojo there with with him and Stetson, but. Yeah, you can't you can't ever count Kiaris out because uh, you know if if he has if he has like a breakout game in the SEC championship game or yeah. the CFP game, like I'm I'm all I'm all for it. But like, yeah, I would love to see him get more involved for sure. Agreed. Cool. Uh, anything else on the offense? Um, all right. So uh, I, I hate to say this, but like I with the looming with the looming game that we have coming up. N- mm-hmm. in the following week do you expect if we're at, like at what point what, what what does the score need to be at halftime or third quarter or whatever for you to start pulling pulling people because mm-hmm. i have a feeling that this is going to be a situation you know the, the point spread is the is the indicator right mm-hmm. so if we're up by 23 points at halftime do you start pulling people at halftime mm-hmm. or do you take your foot on the gas um all right what does my hat say <laughs> I have a feeling that that's probably going to be what happens given the head coach that we have. <laughs> yeah. So since um, this is an audio medium, uh, I'm wearing my FTMF hat and yeah. Kirby, Kirby hates these guys. So I'm not sure he's going to take the foot off the gas. Kirby does hate these guys, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could, you could keep your foot on the gas, but let's maybe not so much mm. have Stetson, Stetson Bennett and, okay. and Dejan Edwards with right. the foot on the gas, it's maybe like, it's maybe like you know Carson Beck. Like if Carson Beck comes out there slinging the ball around like he did in the last game, like let's keep that mojo going and by all means, like pile on the points with Carson Beck. Okay, but fair. Leave fair. leave my Brock, leave my Darnell, leave my <laughs> like leave leave all them boys on the sideline and just let the backups FTMF. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, I understood. Okay, message heard. Uh, so y- your goal is get to the point, uh, get to the point where we can get the bubble wrap on these guys. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can I mean, argue that. I mean, there is a very, there's a very real situation and we haven't gotten to the defense, but like, yeah. particularly on the defense and frankly at the wide receiver position, because, you know, we came into the season with like an embarrassment of riches and AD Mitchell goes down. We got Lad McConkey having issues. You got Brock having issues. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to protect the depth that we have because we have a big game coming up next week and we need our A players. And, you know, win that game and you lock up the SEC in a few weeks or whatever. But, um, you know, we have we have bigger things on our horizon that we need to have players ready to go. And I don't need I don't need them getting injured. I don't need them getting injured at the end of the game because Stetson decides that he's going to tuck the ball <laughs> and run for 10 yards when we're up 30 points and get absolutely clobbered out of bounds. Right. Right. I know. I know. I know you're, you're having flashbacks. I just, I just saw the Vanderbilt <laughs> flashback in your head. That's okay. That's okay. Yes. All right. Well, we can, we can get to the defense in just a minute, but before we get there, did want to take a moment to remind our listeners that season three of my got a podcast is presented by Oxia time. If you want to commemorate the dogs national championship in style, You've got to check out their Georgia National Championship timepieces. Uh, John and I both have one. We're both wearing them right now as we record. Um, I love it. You know, one of the things I guess that I kind of wanted to point out um, is, you know, like unlike some other watch companies, they have these like college rated watches. On this one, like you're not going to find Oxia's logo on the dial on the face of the watch. So the entire design is focused on the university's logo and the university's color. Uh, so you've got the power G, you got a bunch of smaller power G's there on the face, um, as well as the official, you know, 2021 national champions, like the official CFP logo. So these things are fully licensed, uh, by both the university of Georgia and the college football playoff. So definitely got to go out there and check these out. Yeah. I'm, it's uh, for sure going to be the highest quality watch that you're going to find with, uh, UGA national champions on it. For sure. So exclusively for our listeners, you can get 10% off these timepieces by using the code MYGOTAPODCAST at checkout. So be sure to go check them out. Oxiatime, that's oxiatime.com, A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. And these are custom, these are custom watches that um, you've got to order because we've got uh, Christmas coming up, guys. That's right. That's right. You want to get it for Christmas, uh, you want to order it, uh, you know, by, by Cyber Monday. So right, you know, by Thanksgiving time, uh, you can get it. In time for Christmas. All right, John, let's talk about that Georgia defense and the Florida offense. Um, you know, looking at, uh, you know, so we do have Anthony Richardson, um, AR-15, as he was called at one point. Uh, so he's a, he's a sophomore, um, a redshirt sophomore, I think, right? Um, so it's interesting. So he's, you know, 96 of 170 for 1,367 yards passing, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, he's also the team's second leading rusher with 56 carries for 395 yards and six touchdowns. Um, the leading rusher is Montreal Johnson jr. He's a sophomore. Uh, he's got 59 carries for 425 yards and seven touchdowns. They also have Trevor Etienne as a freshman, uh, another running back to watch out for, um, at receiver, it, they, they spread the ball around actually a lot like us. So they, they don't have like a, anybody that kind of jumps out at you from the receiver position. Uh, the top three guys are Justin Shorter, Ricky Pearsall, and Xavier Henderson. Uh, Henderson has the most catches, but looks like he's like more of their short yardage kind of uh, possession receiver just based on his yards per catch. So those are the kind of the guys that we're looking at uh, on the Florida offense. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I think that the, the tail of this tape is going to be controlling 
controlling AR-15. If if AR-15, the, the way that this team goes, I mean, even though they, I mean, on paper they have the, was it like the number eight, number, number eight or number, uh, I can't remember. But I think, if I remember correctly, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I thought I had it up, but I thought that they had a, a pretty solid rushing attack. Their rushing attack is like number one. Like they run the they run the ball. I think right. it's not a rushing yards. So so here's the thing. So the their running game is gonna be running into the absolute buzzsaw of the teeth. The teeth of this defense is is stopping the run, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, like that's what we're built to do. We we are we've always been built to keep pace. And I believe that, you know, if they if they're if they're gonna try to run up the gut, um there's no, there's no, that's not going to happen. If they start running side to sideline to sideline, that's also not going to happen. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. if they start running sideline to sideline and the AR-15 starts trying to bounce things outside, this is probably the, the, I mean, I'm not saying probably, this is the most disciplined defense that they are, that they are going to place and yeah. face. And on paper, our, our numbers for the defense are outpacing last year's all world defense. Um, I just don't see them trying to run the ball successfully. So in my opinion, I think that this game is ultimately going to, we're going to put the game in the hands of AR 15, which he has shown that, you know, if you eliminate, um, if you eliminate the, the game that he had, like the big, the big numbers on, I think it's like versus, versus everyone else. He's pedestrian. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like Eastern Washington and Tennessee. I mean, he exploded against Tennessee, right? Like yeah. he had a crazy game against Tennessee's defense. And other than that, you know, I mean, he was he was running for touchdowns, but it wasn't so much throwing for them. So, yeah, a lot, lot of stats coming from a, a small amount of games. Yeah, I I think that ultimately this game is going to rely on how successful AR-15 is. And if he's having a bad day, oh boy, I, yeah. it's going to be sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet nectar for literally everybody in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's all about like staying home, playing good sound assignment football. Don't let him improvise. I mean, like, you know, he, he's got the highlight plays where he's eluded the rush and spun out and, you know, thrown a crazy pass or broke off a crazy long run. Um, you just got to limit that stuff. And, you know, I, I, I trust in, well, in Kirby, we trust, but, you know, I mean, like Nolan Smith, Perfect example, right? Like, look what he did to AR-15 single-handedly last season. Um, so I, I feel good about it. I feel good. I feel confident that our defense can handle what Florida's offense uh, can show us. Yeah. And, like, you know, again, I, I mentioned, like, watching, like, the LSU highlights. Again, like, and I was saying that Florida's defense was not tackling well against LSU. Like, likewise against LSU. Like, a lot of Florida's big plays, like, LSU should have actually stopped them, kind of had them bottled up and missed a tackle. So, I don't. I don't see us doing that. No. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think that if 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 they're moving east and west on us, um, it's just not going to end. It's not going to end very well for them because we. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about it, man. Like I, I just don't see literally anybody on our schedule that's going to threaten me trying to move the ball outside the tackles. Like mm, last year, right. last year I felt like that we had a heat-seeking missile, you know, and Lewis seen. But like, mm. I feel like this year, it's it's everybody. Like the every everybody on our team, especially when Smile comes back, which is I feel like is also going to present a you know a, a unique 
a unique talent on the field that we haven't hadn't seen in a, in a minute. Yep. Um, so I, I just I just don't see it. I don't see this this adding up very well. Like I said, I think that um, Vegas Vegas knows, man. It's going to be a bloodbath in in Jacksonville, and I know that you've been telling me to you know focus on this game, but like <laughs> when was the last time? When was the last time you felt this confident about a Florida game? Yeah, and uh, that's the only thing that, that I'm. Well, yeah, I mean, other than last year, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't even know <laughs> that I felt this confident last year, but like I didn't. Uh, yeah, and again, this gets to kind of like maybe I'm jumping ahead to the kind of final thoughts, but like the only thing I'll say on that is like. I don't have like logical things that concern me, right? Like <laughs> the only things that concern me are like munsoning type things, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, are we overlooking them? Are we taking them seriously enough? Are people looking ahead to the, the next game? Things like that. Like those are the kinds of things that concern me. But, you know, that's where the in Kirby we trust. I feel like you have to dial that in and trust that he's going to get these guys ready to play against these guys. And again, like, like we, you know, said it, I'll say it again, FTMF. And like, think to Kirby's halftime speech last year, like after we lost to these guys in 2020, Kirby was pissed. And he, and it showed last year with the, the now leaked tirade of the halftime speech that I was, I was going to put that on the soundboard, but there was too many sorry carters uh, for me to even try to deal with it. <laughs> so like <laughs> I left it, I left it alone. So I'm not going to play it, but like, he hates Florida. He hates Florida FTMF. So I, I, I trust that, that Kirby is making me not worry about the Munsoning type things as much, you know, as I would have said in years past. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, you know, and you have, ironically, we have Steve Spurrier to, to blame for that. Had he not done what he did in Athens mm. um, where, you know, Kirby smart was, was on the field to feel that um, yeah. they, they created they created in part the man that is Kirby Smart. So maybe we should thank Steve Spurrier for <laughs> for, for some of what he did because you know tough yeah. tough love like out of out of failure become comes comes opportunity that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he took that to heart and has taken it fast forward you know twenty thirty years or whatever, and he's he's manifested that hatred on the field with. Yeah. Not only like I mean this is this is the coach that has been coined for that speech that you talked about from from last year the the speech yeah. or I, I say speech but like the the quote he's he was he was caught on camera <laughs> talking to the police officers he coined the FTMF phrase um, you know he I believe it was wasn't it after this game when on the press conference when he got in trouble with his wife like when he said I told him I told him. How about yeah. how about those how about those dolls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that that was Auburn, but we'll. Oh, oh okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. But yeah, no. But it was the the FTMF that that was like the walking up the field. It wasn't like to you know someone uh, to a press member like the other one was. No, but no, uh, no. Man. But yeah, man, this guy has a passion for this team. He has a passion for this university, and he is not going to allow a team like Florida to sneak up on us. Amazing. Particularly in the state that they are right now. Right, right. Agreed. Um, okay, so let me, I'm going to give a little inside baseball right now. So uh, apologies if I seem distracted. I'm scrolling my phone because I just got a text message with a GIF request uh, from John Tweet Sports, um, which if you're if you're listening to this, uh, check the gift that we used as the tweet 
Um, shoot, now I can't find it. The GIF that we use as the tweet for this, it's the uh, Kirby smacking the gator with the frying pan. Uh, John <laughs> John needed that GIF, so I just sent it to him. I have that GIF. I just sent it to him. Uh, so nice. anyways, so that, that's, uh, that, that's what I plan to use as we... Uh, the the tweet that announces the new episodes available. All right, it's a it's a fantastic gift. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um. Okay. So special teams. Um. I'll give the same note that I plan to now give uh, every year in Jacksonville. Just reminder: you only hear this kind of analysis at my got a podcast. Watch out for the swirling winds in Jacksonville. You never know what's going to happen when someone is kicking the ball, uh, especially if you're kicking. Toward the open end of the state or the, the end of the stadium that's facing the river, uh, watch out, beware of the swirling winds. So just re- remember that. Swirling winds. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't impact our, uh, our special teams, which we could get to uh, at some point. Cause I do have some fun facts there. No, this is the special teams moment, John. Oh, this is the moment. Okay. Sorry. This is it. We've arrived. <laughs> we have arrived. Hopefully that doesn't have any impact on our, nationally ranked third scoring leader. Mm. Yeah. Jackpot leads the SEC in scoring, but is also tied for third nationally in scoring. Did you know? I did not know that. I did not realize that. Nice. Yeah. Nice special teams fact there, John. That was, that was my special teams fun fact. I didn't have any fun facts at the beginning, although we are playing the Florida (laughs) agricultural school or whatever it's called. That's, that's (laughs) something that I did. I did. I did run on Google. The Florida Florida Ag. We're playing Florida Ag this week, Jim. Yeah, they they were they were they were. I, I did see some of that. There were like multiple schools that kind of merged into what is now Florida A and M. And oh, uh, here's here's a fun fact. Apparently, that Florida Florida College, Florida yeah. College, Florida Ag College was based out of Lake City. Have you ever been to Lake City? Lake City? No, I don't think so. Lake City, Florida, is like literally like the worst place ever. It was worse than Gainesville. <laughs> It's worse. I, 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 I take that back. I haven't been to Gainesville. Me neither. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> so, but Lake City is literally in the middle of the state. Um, it's kind of kind of ruralish. Hmm. So, like, I don't know. It's it's not fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, you know, I think if, if if there's nothing else on special teams, we can probably head to the to the listener questions. I hope. I hope. I hope that. I hope that Jackpot and uh, Bruce. Bruce are are just sitting on the sideline all day long, other than kickoffs. I love that you just said Bruce because in your head you were thinking Bruce Thornton, who was a corner when we were in school. <laughs> Wait, Brett. Brett Thorson. Brett. Brett. Brett dang it. Brett Thorson, not Bruce Thornton. But hey, these are the kind of mix-ups that I, I quite appreciate, actually. You know, <laughs> as someone who took military science. With Bruce Thornton, you know, I love this uh, reference. Uh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. I feel, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. But we, we hardly knew you. I know. Yeah, he yeah, I mean, he's amazing <laughs> when he does punt. He just doesn't punt a lot. He uh, did have a season long of 56 yards versus USC. So when he's called upon, he has gotten it done. He's averaging 41 yards per punt, which is five have landed inside the 20. So... Uh, I, I, I appreciate it. He's awesome, um, man. Like I felt like we were always missing out on the Aussie punter and now we know what it's like and I, I rather enjoy it. Yeah, we know what it's like, but like we also haven't exactly needed him. I, I've, at some point, yeah. at some point, Brett, you're going to be called upon to drop one inside the 20 and we're going to remember this moment. True. 
True. The unofficial um, pump, the unofficial official <laughs> punter of my guy, the podcast. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Noted in the special teams notes. Amazing. <laughs> well, as we go into the, into the listener questions, I did want to add one more thing. Um, you know, when, when John and I, John, when we, when we set, set out to make a podcast, we were like, okay, we're going to have a podcast. How do we record a podcast? So we did have to figure out a little bit about like, uh, how we were going to record this remotely. Um, so, you know, if, if you were ever curious, we do use a platform called Zencaster. Um, so this podcast is powered by Zencaster. Uh, it's a remote podcasting platform. It actually does allow you to record uh, video in up to 4K as well as the audio. You know, we just do the audio. That's more of an us thing, uh, but the platform does support it. So if you're looking for like an all-in-one solution, you know, definitely go check out uh, Zencaster. It's what we've been using really from from the start, uh, from the get-go. And we're now actually hosting our podcast there as well. So uh, if you are interested, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use code MYGOD. Uh, you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. Um, we want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. All right, John, let's get into the listener Amen. questions. The listener questions. Let's go. All right. First up, we got 51 to 7 GATA. During the 2007 game, what was the first thing you said as you watched the team run on the field after the first touchdown? Do you remember? <laughs> I, I, I do remember. Um, <laughs> I was sitting in the fraternity house, uh, I believe. I think I was sitting in the fraternity house. Uh, was it? No. I'm trying to think. I know, exactly, I know exactly what I said. I, I think it might have been on one of those days that I was I was in Athens, but I can't remember exactly. But either way... I do remember saying like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I said something along the lines of, Oh my God. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was at home. I do remember I was at home. Um, I remember my sister was over at our house and I do remember like, you know, so I guess it would have been like, you know, Kim and I probably my sister and her husband, Greg, and like, I remember like my sister and I like kind of freaking out and just being like, cause you know, like the, the commentators, I mean, it was a CBS game and they were like, this was planned. This was planned. And so, which I agreed. I mean, the whole team's like, I do that. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought there was going to be a fight. I guess good thing. I think, Oh yeah. my God, I'm pretty sure it was the first thing I said. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. Next up, Zach, uh, SC dog 864. Last year we knew Dan Mullen didn't have a chance with how things were going. Do you feel that Billy Napier can build this program up and make this rivalry game mean something like it used to in the past? Also, FTMF. Um, I guess I can start off on this one. I don't know a ton about Billy Napier. I mean, I don't follow Lafayette super uh, extensively. I, I know he is from the Saban tree. Um, I know he was on that staff where like Kirby was a DC and uh, Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator. So he did at least spend some time with Saban. I don't know, man. Like it all depends on recruiting, I would say. And can they get some more depth, especially on the line of scrimmage? So it's going to come down to if he could do that or not. Okay. So he's in year one right now. So Kirby lost to Vanderbilt in year one. So basically he's kind of a wash at this point, right? So right, right. Um, you can't really judge the guy on year one. That said, Kirby was pulling in recruits on a whole other level. Mm. Um, and Napier is just 
not. I, th- I don't. I have. I'd have to look and see. I mean, to put it in context, like I don't think UF is anywhere near the top ten in yeah. in, recruit- in recruiting right now. Yeah. Well, and he didn't. You know. Also, to be fair, like he didn't inherit the roster that Kirby did either. Like it, Kirby's, you know, the the front line players that Kirby inherited were very good. Uh, it was the depth that was the problem. Um, I don't. Uh, someone someone mentioned someone mentioned um, that Florida. Uh, I, so you say that like okay. So it looks like they are number eight. Number eight. So, but they have no five stars, and I think that that's part of that's part of what's going on here. Is that yeah. They have decent players, but they're just not anywhere near the caliber of players that um, that are needed to compete at the level that we are. So, like, yeah. in order for them to cl- like Logan likes to talk about when Dan Mullen like, "Hey, we're closing the gap. We're closing the gap." Like everybody would talk about that. Like, no, you're not. The gap is literally yeah. getting bigger because right. in order for you to close the gap, you've got to be. We're number two in the recruiting rankings. For example, Alabama's number one. Whatever. Yeah. Um, in order for you to close the gap, you've got to be number one. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> so if the rich are getting richer, like the only way for you to close that gap is for you to get richer than they are. <laughs> and that's not happening. Yep. Um, yep. I feel like he's got to kind of deal with the sins of the past from Mullen, right? Because M- Mullen was the kind of guy that was like, I'm smarter. I can, I can coach these guys up and they're going to run my system. And so I don't care about the recruiting rankings. And that's look at where it got him, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, I think that um, Napier has been the kind of guy that's like, so here's the thing that I'll say about Napier. Um, Kirby has been very complimentary of Napier. Um, from what my understanding was, is that he was very impressed with Napier's preparation and the way that mm-hmm. he structures the details. And that's the difference between a, a Kirby Smart and an Ed Orgeron. Um, you can mm-hmm. catch lightning in a bottle with an Ed Orgeron um, guy mm-hmm. can, you know, bring players in and all that kind of stuff, but he can't keep it together because the details are missing. And that's exactly what happened to him. Um, you're seeing that with Jimbo Fisher. You're seeing that with Steve Sarkisian. Um, I don't think that those guys, they have such high regard in the industry or whatever, but like, I just never, I never, I never believed in it. Um, yeah. Napier is, I feel like he's somewhere in between. He's like not exactly Dan Mullen, but he's not exactly Jimbo Fisher. Um, he's not exactly Dabo Sweeney. He's not exactly Kirby Smart. And I don't know that he's going to get the time. They're not. I don't think that Florida is going to give him the leash that he needs because mm-hmm. I think that I've heard I've heard him say these things like that he you know he wants to slow the rule. Like I think he's made some comments like to, to set expectations with the, the program. Like this is going to take time and all that kind of stuff. I just don't mm-hmm. know that those people. I don't know that those people are patient enough to allow that to happen, especially with the emergence of Tennessee in year two. Um, yeah, that's a good like point. Tennessee in year two is only going to put pressure on on Florida in in year two. So, yeah, I don't I don't believe that they're I don't believe they're anywhere close. So, like if you looked at the two programs, like Tennessee and Florida, were kind of in the same boat, historical mm-hmm. dominating programs, and they've been absolute for the last however long it's been. And they've gone through multiple coaches. I just don't know that Napier is the guy that's going to take them to the promised land. I think he maybe he could potentially be their like Mark Rick type person that could get them to a position mm-hmm. where they might springboard there. You know, he may be good for, you know, nine, nine, 10 wins or whatever. I just don't know that I, I don't think that he has a killer instinct like Herbie does. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's Mark Rick either for what it's worth. But also, fair, sorry, fair. 
Also, sorry, Carter, uh, but it's cocktail <laughs> party. Um, let's see, Micah. Uh, I'm going to go to Micah's second question because we already talked about the first part. Uh, do you guys think we should be giving Robinson more touches than we are now? I know you were saying you don't you you want to see his touches not diminish. Do you think he needs more? Um, Robinson? It depends. I mean, yeah, yes, yes. If the pass protection is there in terms of, and, and we're talking yeah. about rushing attempts, right? So if yeah, rushing yeah. attempts is the is the answer, like. Yes, I think that I think that Dejan Edwards and, and Branson Robinson have played themselves into more more touches. hundred percent. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, bourbon of choice for Saturday. Do you know? Do you have a bourbon of choice? Do you got anything uh, lined up to, to drink during the cocktail party? It's going to depend on what we're doing because it's kind of up in the air right now. If we're if we're with who I think we're going to be with, um, or who I'm, I hope we're going to be with. Some folks from church um, maybe dialed back on the bourbon, but um, okay. For a second, I thought you were gonna say you're gonna be like with Florida fans or something, and I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like a moron? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Uh, I do have Tennessee fans in my in my circles, but I don't. I, I do have some Florida fans, which Mike, if you're listening, probably not. Um, Mike. There's 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 a specific Florida fan in my life that has given me absolute hell, and I have not really messaged him at all recently, just because yeah. it's like one of those like eh, I don't want to punch down, you punch <laughs> up, right? Um, right, 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 fair. So, but oh, he yeah. has been he has been a ghost the last. Few years. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I like I it think- that way. I actually get so the neighbor of mine who lives like a, like he his house is kind of like diagonally behind mine. His name is Mike. He's a Florida grad. Uh, so I also have a Florida Florida grad friend named Mike. Florida well. grad Mike. Yeah. Uh, he, he 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 is like he doesn't like text me stuff. Actually, he's also a Lions fan, so he'll mainly text me when like DeAndre Swift scores a touchdown. Like he loves DeAndre Swift. He's like, yeah. Um, but he, he he's kind of da- he's down on the Gators. Uh, so it let's, is let's it is. both let's both text our let's both text our our UF grads mics and just see what they say. Okay. <laughs> and then on the on the on the on the review we can okay. we can update everybody on on the status of the Florida mics. <laughs> I'll tell you, Florida, my, my Florida mic uh, stopped by during the game last year because uh, he, he was like out for a walk and, and stuff. We we watched, we watched the game on the porch and he just kind of so stopped he by. Left, he left the he game. He was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? It was, it was pretty fun. I, I think he like came. I think he was there for the crazy flurry of all the turnovers. Is like you got to stay. You can't leave. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so we went off the rails and didn't talk about bourbons. I I don't. I will say I am. I usually don't drink bourbon during the game. Uh, I'll what? usually have one. Yeah, I, I usually drink. Uh, not a sponsor. I usually drink Creature Comforts during the game, um, and I'll have a bourbon mm. tonight. So I don't. Know, maybe I'll have this McKenna uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I I'll probably be on the Eagle Rare. I'll probably be a Eagle Rare. Okay. I just picked up I just picked up a backup bottle, so I've got a pretty pretty solid pretty solid amount. That or I'll do an Elijah Craig bourbon and coke. Elijah Craig small batch. Okay. Fair. Um Aaron King starts with hey guys and hey Aaron, it's it's been a while, buddy. Thanks for checking in. Uh why do you think our passing game has seemingly taken taken a backseat to the running game over the last few weeks? Were we just working on the running game to help us create a more balanced attack down the stretch? I I honestly feel like this is a one of the things that we've harped on so much with Munkin and that I think Munkin is good at is the whole like 
take what the defense gives you. I feel like it's been a function of we've been playing teams that are not as good against the run. And so therefore we've, we've been running the ball. I think it's that. Mm-hmm. I think it is also, I, I, I did see some commentary from Kirby about like, he did talk about recently, like wanting to improve the run game. I think they basically noticed, remember, <laughs> remember when Kirby got the, the question about the run game and, and when he, he chimed in with a lot of things, no offense that you guys don't, don't understand about football. And when he, when he told us that there are some passes that are runs, I, I think like after all that stuff was happening, they did kind of take a, they self-evaluate a lot. And I think they kind of realized like, Hey, we probably should run the ball. Uh, Cause there could come a time where we're going to need to. So I don't know. I think it's a function of those two things on top of each other. I'll put this, I'll put this in perspective. Um, how much of that do you think happened when, when Kendall Milton got hurt? I guess it is the same window. I listen. I love I love Kendall Milton. I love Kenny McIntosh, but they go down so much easier than Dejan Edwards and Branson Robinson. Branson Robinson and Dejan Edwards are problems in terms of tackling. Much like Sony Michelle, much like Nick Chubb. Like I know that uh, I think Branson, Branson or Dejan, I can't. Maybe both. I don't know. They they both kind of have that same similar build that Chubb had. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, they're just, they, they don't go down easy and they fall forward. There's, there's that, there's that comment about running backs. Like when you look back at all the great Georgia running backs over the last five to 10 years, you know, the Noshans, I mean, Noshan is probably the, the, the biggest one. Like I feel like he would run into a brick wall on the offensive line and <laughs> somehow he would fall forward for three yards. And it's like, holy crap. Like, how did you do that? Like you did, like there was nothing there. And all of a sudden we had a three yard game. Like that's the kind yeah. of stuff that I'm yes. I'm seeing. Yes. I am seeing that kind of stuff now with Dejan Edwards and Branson Robinson running the ball. And not to say that I don't see that from like Kenny McIntosh, but like I see it more. Does that make sense? Maybe, it does. It's, and I, it's I, rooted I, in just how I feel and what I see. <laughs> I know. This is where like Josh is listening and is like, I have the statistics to show you your Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is possible. Highly possible. A thousand, a thousand percent. <laughs> uh, but I, I do know like, and like I will say too, like, you know, we, we tend to think of Todd Gurley for his home run. Type run. Todd Gurley, same but thing. That guy, yeah. Todd Gurley would turn like some of his best runs were for like two yards when it should have been like a seven yard loss. And he would. I, I, said, I said no, Sean. It, it, was, I, it was Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, Sean could do that too. But but Todd, to me, Todd was the king of that. He would turn nothing yeah. into something. You know, so exactly. Yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what you want from a UGA running back. Yep. Um, yep. You know, to your point, you know, given what the defense. Is you know, given what the defense has given you, like taking it, taking it, um, right? Like that, I, I do think that's an element here. The other thing, and this is something Graham Graham mentioned on you know, and, and George George was eloquent ish. <laughs> His connection wasn't as good, but on a hundred Sanford, like basically what the the gist was was that they were zone blocking versus gap blocking, right? Right. Did I have, yep. did I have that right? Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Zone scheme versus gap scheme. Yep. Zone versus gap. And so they, I believe like, correct me if I'm wrong, they moved to like the gap scheme, right? They're, so it's, it's, it's twofold. Uh, so I think it, there's there two things that happened. One, it's been more balanced, I believe between zone and gap to the second thing, which is what's interesting is they've actually gotten better at zone scheme uh, from what I recall from some of the, 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 well, the numbers that Graham has put out. <clears throat> If if you if you start doing something that you haven't shown 
that you've been good at, uh, you know, if you start doing something that you haven't shown that you've, your, your tendency, like, I feel like that, that wasn't it the tendency that we were, we were doing way too many zone. Yeah. We were struggling with the zone scheme. And, got and we were, and we were more balanced or we weren't balanced. Right. Like we were running more zone runs than gap. Right. Yeah. So, so when we were doing the gap runs, when we were doing more, like we were doing good at the gap runs, right? So then we yeah. started doing more of that, but then we also tried to get better with the, the zone runs, right? Yep. So yeah, when, exactly. you, when, you, when you do the things that you are clearly better at and get better at the things that you're not good at, right. that, equates to a, that equates to a very successful running game. Yeah, and I, I think like long-winded way of saying like we just did things better. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, like seriously, like there's, it's been a, there has been a pretty big uh, change there. Um, okay, I'm going to read these next two questions back to back. They didn't come in back to back, but I'm going to read them back to back. And I want you to kind of like pick which which question you're leaning towards because they're both kind of leading questions. What's going to happen? Oh, so, Ch- so Chad Jarvis says, do you think this will be a complete performance like the beginning of the year against Oregon with us having time to iron out the small little kinks? That's what Chad says. Now, Benjamin mm-hmm. comes in with the Munsoning side and says, do you think the dogs will get off to a slow start, bog down in the red zone, and start the game kicking field goals? So I thought those were two very polar opposites. Um, so I'm kind of posing this as like, which, where do you think we land in this game? I think we land on the complete game side of things. I agree. I agree. I, 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 and I, I feel like, you know, the bye week, the time off, the focus, getting healthy, getting focused. And you know what? Something we didn't talk about earlier Stetson got an extra week to rest that shoulder, right? We've seen him sure. working that shoulder, trying to get that ready. Uh, that's got to help time off. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you like, um, you know, I've had a, a shoulder. I don't, I have no idea. I haven't had it diagnosed cause I'm stubborn. Don't go to the doctor, but like <laughs> I've had a shoulder, I've had a shoulder, like all this, all this shoulder talk lately has like really hit home for me because it's like, yeah, dude, I've got this shoulder problem that's been around for like a month. Um, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, sitting here like, what, we're, we're 41, and it's like you sleep if, wrong, and all of a sudden your shoulder's like jacked up. I feel like that's what a, If only you had a friend that knew about such things. I know, right? Paul. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that would require me like making effort to like go and get it fixed. Uh, Paul, that's, if you're that's, listening, that's just, call John. That's just, <laughs> that's, just, that's, just too, that's just too difficult. Um, but yeah, like David, if you, David Lee's, David Lee's going to slide to your DMs. You're going to slide in your DMs. <laughs> David <laughs> Lee's like, you need, you need, you need labrum surgery. surgery. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that I've had a shoulder injury that I've had from repetitive motions. And so I'm sure that Stetson is, is in that vein too. And I have noticed that when I take time off, like it feels better, but when I exacerbate it, like I did on Monday, um, it hurts. So I'm, I'm sure that he feel he's feeling better, but more importantly, like, that's why I say like earlier, earlier in the podcast, like halftime, I want to be up by 23 and I want him to sit the bench the rest of the game. I like it. I like it. All right. Next up, uh, Fletcher Proctor, uh, give us, he wants to know a player that has been snubbed from the illustrious Georgia, Florida game hall of fame and a player you would ironically induct. Uh, so I'll read Fletcher gave us his first. So he said, uh, Malcolm Mitchell as his snub, which I think is an excellent choice. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell, a Gator Slayer. Is it a, is it a snub? Because I think that like, I mean, aren't there some well, guys that haven't been in, uh, inducted that are like much more illustrious? Yeah, but well, well, let me give you a, 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 point, right. a, a case of point here. Like, like Aaron Murray yeah. is in it already. 
And like, you know, I feel like that was the big connection. Aaron Murray to Malcolm Mitchell was like the game ceiling touchdown, right? So why is it Malcolm Mitchell doing it? It's true, but correct me if I'm wrong, but like Aaron Murray's stats in this game were much more substantial. There are so many guys that are huge Georgia players that did not do much in this game or like never won. So I'll give you, let me give you a counter to that. John Stinchcomb, John Stinchcomb is in the Georgia Florida Hall of Fame. He never won that game. (laughs) So like, you know, like, so I feel like Malcolm Mitchell should be in there. Um, When did he get get inducted versus when he played? um, He, I can actually give you that answer. Um, John Stinchcomb. He was inducted last year. Yeah, last year. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean it was earlier. He's, but pretty he far, he's pretty far removed from his playing time. So, like, far Aaron, Murray, Aaron Murray was inducted in 2018. That's, yeah. you know, so, not, I don't know. Like, I don't I'm know. Saying, like, like I'm saying, you know, he never won it. Boss Bailey also was in this and never won in this game. So, I'm just saying. Um, here's, here's, here's something to think about. So, Aaron Murray got inducted in 2018. Tim Tebow got inducted in 2017. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. That's crazy to me. Like um, looking at the Florida list, looking at the Florida list, there's so many guys that like I would have inducted way before, like, Chris, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he wanted his snub or sorry, his, his ironic was Felipe Franks or Chauncey Gardner. So Chauncey Gardner was the guy that like said, uh, from only throws slants and then like got hurt yeah. from through a slant yeah. <laughs> to Swift. Okay. So, so mine, um, I am going to go with uh, Mike Bobo as my snub. So Mike Bobo is not in there. And he, he ended the drought. He was the quarterback of the drought ending team in what? 1996. Right? Bobo should be in there. Um, oh, my gosh. That is a snub. Right? So, like, Robert Edwards, you know, was the running back on the team. He's in there. Uh, Mike Bobo is not. So Mike Bobo is my snub. Uh, my who did, who did Mike Bobo piss off at the Georgia Florida Hall right? of Fame? He's got to be in there. He's got to be in there. Oh my gosh, that's 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 egregious. That is egregious, right? That, I feel like that. I feel like that was a good one. Okay. I, I, I Dude, that's that. a good one. I'm glad that you did the research on that because I would have sucked at that one. My ironic, I have two that I can go with. Uh, Noah Brindice, he was the the Florida quarterback that came in for Rex Grossman in that same year in '97. Um, the other one I would add is Jordan Reed, who is actually like a really good football player, uh, but he's the one that fumbled the ball. Well, not totally fair. Like uh, he's the one that uh, Jarvis Jones caused to fumble the ball into the end zone in that same 2012 game we talked about earlier uh, to end that game. So those are those are my answers uh, for you, Fletcher. I've got one. I'm going to throw okay. one out there. Okay, here we go. I'm going to throw one out there because I just looked through the list that you sent me because you were you were kind enough to send me the list of all, all of the UGA ones. And I just did a quick search on a particular one because okay. I noticed that the first the first inductee from the University of Georgia was one Vince Dooley. Yes. Mark Richt is not on this list. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Well done, John. Well done. Yeah, I came through in the end. I came through in the end for you, Fletcher. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. I like it. We need to get him in there. Uh, he'll, get, he'll get in there eventually. From I'm, I'm just looking. I, I'm actually yeah, yeah, yeah. like the way yeah. that the way that it the way that that planet panned out. I was like looking at like, all right, when was this guy done? Like it's it's an it's an inevitab- inevitability. So like David Green got inducted in 2012, right? So like I imagine yeah. that like in a few years it'll be Mark 
Yep. Yep. Fair. Which, uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, this year, the Georgia inductees going in are Champ Bailey, uh, namesake of your dog, uh, by the way, and, uh, and John Little. So John Little. Love so it. they are they're going in for Georgia this year. In in that same vein, in that same vein, Kirby Smart is not in this is not an inductee in this as well. True, and he had a God, at least one. He, he had a he had a big he had a big yeah. game. Yeah, that same that same ninety seven game with Bobo. He had a he had a pick at least one pick, if not, yeah. if not multiple. So man, what about uh? Wait, hold on, is Muschamp in here? Is Muschamp? Is Muschamp? <laughs> I'm trying to think with Muschamp though. Like he he was uh he may he may fall into that never beat uh, Florida category as a bulldog. I thought him I'm and Kirby not, played together though. Uh yeah, but when Kirby was like a freshman, when Kirby uh, redshirted was Muschamp's like senior year, and the year that we beat it. them with Kirby was his junior. Red I was about to say, I think there's I think there's this conspiracy with the UGA coaching staff. I'm just saying. Could be. Could be. <laughs> All right. Uh, friend of the show, Tim Rally had had two things. Um. Okay, he said, what would it take for Kirby Smart to tell his team to rush the field after a touchdown? Uh, I think he ended up saying, so he said, um, at the time, incredible, but maybe not Coach Mark Rick's finest moment. I will say, and if you haven't listened to it yet, our podcast friends, 100 Sanford, they had Coach Rick on recently. And he reiterated the fact that he did not instruct the entire team to go on the field. That wasn't what he meant. They all misunderstood him. So for whatever that's worth. Funny thing on here, John, I got here's what I actually want to focus on. What he offered as to give to Kirby was an epic 2002 Delt party night with Boss and George. Did George, did Big George come to one of our parties? Because I don't remember this. I, I, I feel like I missed that one. We have to have this conversation I, later. I, we got to ask him. I feel like I feel like that he did because um, I, I remember, I distinctly remember, I believe that it was a Trotline concert. That okay. he's referring to because uh, at that time yeah. at that time I was living in the house so I was definitely there because okay. um, I remember a, like Richard Seymour there, and Charles Grant coming. Richard, Rick Gibson was around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember George ever coming, but he may have. I'm David, I mean, uh, David David Pollock, David 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 Pollock came when we had Pat Green in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the, that was that was the concert that I organized. <laughs> Nice. Well done. Well done. Dude, so that was that was an epic. That was an epic one, by the way. So I, I agree with him though that I don't I don't think uh Kirby would never <laughs> you you first off, because it's already happened, you can't do it again. You can't replicate replicate that. So we'll go to his next one, which is most memorable Georgia Florida game attended. He said, I know Jim and I never witnessed a win as undergrads. True story. Uh, he true, said there was a time story for me too. and he said there was a time we, uh, Delts rented an RV for the game. That was epic. Tim was put in stadium jail as well as a <laughs> run in with Rex Grossman parting at the landing. Jacksonville will do awful, awful things to people. I had forgotten that Tim got sent to stadium jail until he sent that. I, 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 need, that. I need, I need a story on this. Yeah, Cause that, I don't think I knew that. That's, that that's, new, a, that's new information. My, my got a podcast after dark. <laughs> my got a podcast stories after dark. Oh. <laughs> in stadium jail. Uh, so along that same line, like Wise Dog had a fantastic thread about this he game. Did. Like he he put out there, and man, if you have not followed Wise Dog's thread about like, hey, what's your most memorable? It was kind of the same question, right? Like, yeah. what's most memorable. We'll have to go. We'll have to go yeah, we'll have to go find that and retweet it or. Put the put that tweet in the show notes or something because the replies were amazing. 
<laughs> I mean, some of them, some of them are just like absolutely epic. Like I was yeah. like, wow, this is, this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. Like, have you ever been to a game that we won there? Uh, I know I, I never been. Okay. So, so that's my, my default answer is 2004. So I, I did not ever see a win as an undergrad, but I did see us win there in 2004. It was pretty epic. And I remember I was actually sitting, so I went with Patrick and we actually had Florida alumni tickets that we had gotten, um, through some connections. So we were on the Florida side <laughs> and I was like too young and stupid, uh, to be like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't act like an idiot amongst Florida fans. And I was super obnoxious. Um, but I was 24 years old. Like, I don't know, whatever. But I, my, the, the thing that sticks is ingrained in my mind was the last, I think it was the last touchdown. There was a pass from David Green to Fred Gibson where like, it looked like it should have been intercepted and Fred Gibson extended his arms and, and caught it and, and scored. <laughs> that, that's what sticks. And I went like berserk. So that's my, that's my moment. That's funny. So I went in 2002 and I went in 2003 and I watched from the fraternity house for 2004. I graduated in 2004. Um, I did not go in 2001. Um, I can't remember where I was. I think it was at home. Um, but, uh, I, I watched, I, I, I went with, you may remember Clay Carlock, Tyler Turner, mm-hmm. all those guys. I went with some buddies from the fraternity. Um, we stayed at a day's in, it was probably <laughs> 15 or 30 minutes from the stadium. I have no idea where it was. But man, that was so fun. It was like me, Tyler Cord, I think Adam Allenson, I don't know, some buddies. And That's we, a good group. we went, we, it was, it was, it was a fantastic group. And we had all, all of our significant others and like prospects or whatever with us as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was, I think there was a girl's room and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that was, that was a fun, that was a fantastic trip. And then, um, I think uh, that, so. That was that was uh, that, that was the 2002 game, if I remember correctly. Because I also, I think it was 03. So I think 02 was when we did the days in thing, and then 03 we stayed at St. Simons. We did the St. Simons experience. Yeah. Um, and I just remember fighting for my life at the landing. Like <laughs> there were so many people at the landing, dude. To the point where I got pickpocketed, I, 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 to the, to the life of me, I can't like fathom getting pickpocketed by anybody, but like I lost my wallet out of my back pocket in that game. Oh and I, I, you may remember the girl I was dating, but like, like I was dating Rachel. She was this little tiny girl. And like, you know, there were so many large people around. I was like just pushing people off of her. And just people running into us and stuff. Like I remember distinctly going down the escalator and just being like, "Oh my god, we're gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because the landing was always like so packed, and like as an undergrad, like I had so much fun there. But like, it's a weird thing about that trip, right? It's like I have great memories of going to that game in college, yet we never won. <laughs> so it's it's not so much about the game; it was about the uh, the atmosphere and, and the party. I guess I just so. remember Tyler coming up to me at the landing with like. I was like, where did you get this football? Like, what is this football you have in your hand? And he's like, it's a football full of Jack and Coke. It's amazing. Uh, so I still have, so I, I still have my football. Of course you do. Of course you do. It's, still, it's, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's a piggy bank. It is filled with coins. So no, with that, you gotta, you need to dump, you need to dump the, the coins out and just rekindle that, that, just rekindle a, it with the Jack and Coke. 
My, well, mine had a hurricane in it, from what I recall, but that was a long okay. time ago. Okay, maybe it was. Obviously, maybe it was. I was twenty-one. I was twenty-one by that trip, mom and dad. I know you listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn, what All a right. great, what a great. Those are those were great years. It was fun. It was fun. That's why I don't. Sorry, Josh, but that's why I would love to keep. That's why I, I just have such fond memories. I think it should stay there, but I digress. All right, it is time, John. Oh my god! My god, a freshman trying to put glasses on. I added a little extra flair for Coach Joe. I thought, I, thought I thought you were gonna throw. I thought you were gonna throw the middle steel chair comments in there. <laughs> actually, I actually don't have that one on the set. We need to add that. Uh, it's time for hmm. coaches over unders. So, Coach, we thoroughly, once again, thoroughly enjoyed the either ors. Um, last week, but these are the coaches over unders world's largest outdoor cocktail party edition. We will start with the offense, uh, over under two and a half passing yards, which John, I'll let you choose again. You're in the lead. Do you want to go first on this one? Uh, I'll let you go first. I go first. Okay. So over under touchdowns, over under two and a half passing touchdowns for the Georgia offense. Uh, I'm going to go under. Oh, I'm going over. Okay. Uh, up next, Ooh. you get to go first. Over, under, two and a half rushing touchdowns. I'm going to go over. Okay, I'm also going to go over. Um, and then over, under, 500 total yards. Over. Agreed. Um, over. Okay, on to the defense. Um, over, under, <laughs> forced turnovers from AR pick six. Uh, over, under, 1.5. Let's see, I guess it's your turn, I think. No, it's your turn because I answered the last. No, but you went out of turn. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go under. Okay. And then rushing yards allowed over under 125 yards. Under. Okay. I'm going to go over. Um, sacks against AR uh, over under 1.5. Um, over. Over. Okay. I'm going to go under. Special teams uh, over under 55 punt return yards for Georgia, and I'm going to go over. Hmm. I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to go first on this one, on this last one too, and you'll see why. This is the miscellaneous. Green seat percentage on the Florida side by the fourth quarter at 50%. I'm going to go over. Over. <laughs> okay. I, I figured I figured you want to just match me so we didn't have the controversy. Um, I I think they'll be there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I think they'll leave during the fourth quarter. That was my guess there. That was my logic. If you if you are a follower of Dog Central, particularly on the Instagrams, but also um, on the Twitters, mm-hmm. yes. I posted a video about this, and I think there was two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the, the Florida side of the stadium was completely empty. I posted a video. Go check it out on Dog Central Instagram. So funny. I loved, yeah. I loved making that video. <laughs> awesome it, was, so, it so, was completely empty it was completely empty and this is actually like a shout out to uh, tony waller uh mm. get, you can you can throw him a dog bone because he mentioned it on um he mentioned it on waiting since last saturday uh great podcast uh, spawn of uh, inspiration for for you and i to start this but uh yeah um Tony, Tony mentioned that like one of his favorite things is to just see it an absolutely half empty TIA thing <laughs> stadium and i a thousand percent agree sir absolutely absolutely i love it i love it 
All right, let's get into our final predictions. So uh, as we're sitting here on Wednesday night recording, Georgia is favored by 22 and a half. The over under Mm. is 56 and a half. That gives us an implied score of Georgia 39.5 to Florida 17. Um, Our friends over at Chapel Bell Curve, their CBC R2 SAM model has Georgia 40.7 to Florida 17.7. So not far off actually from the implied score there. Um, mm. Let's see. And then what it's odd shark. It is, right? And then odd shark has 40, Georgia 41.7 to Florida 25.9, which would be a Georgia win, a Florida cover, and the over. Mm. As, as points leader, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Well played. Well played. Okay. I mean, like my, my general, I'll just kind of, I, I will rehash what I said earlier. And like my general talking points about this game is it's like everything statistically says Georgia should run away with this. Like the only thing that concerns me is like, there, there's nothing like material to point to these things. It's all like feelings, being scared of days past. But we've said on this podcast, you were the one that said it to me. Munsoning is dead. Munsing is over. And Kirby, we trust. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting those things out of my head. Um, I've got uh, Georgia 35 to 17. That's a win. It's not a cover and it's the under. Uh, but that's what I've got. Eesh. Eesh. Jim. <sighs> I, I figured that that was where you were going when you mentioned the passing touchdowns and you took the <laughs> under. I was like, oh, <laughs> right, here right, we go. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Uh, I am actually going to go closer to all these predicted scores, and I'm going to go 42 to 17. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going I'm to throw a caveat out there because I do believe this is going to be the case. Okay. Um, I believe that in the fourth quarter we'll be up. I think that Florida will have 10 on us or something like that, and they'll strive to score the touchdown. <laughs> It won't be the first touchdown, but there will be a striving for touchdown at the right. in the end of the fourth quarter that will put them over the edge to, okay. to, to the seventeen. Okay, I like it. That's very specific, and I like it. I like it. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. Makes sense. I, like, and I'm gonna, I'm also going to put this out there that there is a like greater than fifteen percent of me that wants to sit here and say that we shut them out. Mm. Greater than what do you say? Greater than fifteen percent. Greater than fifteen percent of my okay. my my personage <laughs> that, gotcha. that that says that it would not shock me in the slightest to see us completely shut them out. I think I put that out there on the on the dog central text thread that like yeah like is 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 it within the realm of possibility that we blank them right yeah I, I think I said it's it's within the realm of possibility I'll say that it's within the realm sure. of possibility like I don't I'm not predicting it but it's it's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that happens, if you know, I'd say that if we keep them under under twenty, under seventeen, that was my score. But like, uh, yeah. if we keep them under those those point totals, like literally everything's going right for us. Right, right. Nice, cool, man. All right. Well, um, this was fun. It's about, it, we- it's about that. It's about that axia time, man. It's about <laughs> it's that about time, to- time for us to wrap about- it up and and get ready to and get ready to do this thing. And literally, uh, you have seventy two hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously, I love it. Yeah, man. And uh, I know, like, yeah. So neither of us are going to the game. I'll be sitting around. I'll, I'll be watching on the porch. Uh, sounds like you've got some things in the works with some friends that you're hoping. To. Um, We're hoping. You're hopeful. <laughs> You're hopeful. <laughs> I love it. 
Love it. So, but but you should be around for the for the text for the live texting. I, I'm I'm anticipating potentially. I, I should be around. So Carter's game kicks off at twelve o'clock, and his game yeah. in his game ends at one thirty, and we're about an hour away from from home. So I'll be like, I'll be I'll be running through the front door like, has it kicked off yet? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Nice. All right. I'm gonna. I, I gotta say this before we wrap, John. Reminder: You gotta do your Saturday morning workout. Do not forget. I, 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 it's it's already in the books, man. I've already scheduled it. I've got my alarm set for Saturday. I'm running six miles, and we're not gonna have a Missouri repeat. We're <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're elite. We're on point. We're just just continuing this thing through. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, we'll be talking on Saturday, and uh, absolutely, man. Go dogs. Go dogs.